Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. We have another topic we think will play off of the previous couple. If you listen to the last two on civil disobedience and, you know, what to do about church if it's closed and how to run home church if you need to and all these different things, this is going to be a perfect fit in with that, but also stands alone, of course. That's right. So today we're going to talk about handling disagreements in conflict that uncertain times bring. Because obviously, if you're standing for truth and Mm -hmm. we're increasing uncertain times Mm -hmm. and you're standing for freedom and uh, standing for the rights you've been given and that God gives us uh, to preach and share the gospel and so forth, then that's going to create some friction potentially. That's right. So we've actually had a lot of people reach out asking about questions that are similar to this kind of topic. Like, what do you do when you don't see eye to eye with family? What about friendships? I'm finding that my friendships are changing. Yeah. Um, even some pastors are are realizing that some of their core people are not necessarily the same core people, right? Yeah. And so there's a reality where we've talked about this just in going through life trials. You find out who your real friends are when you walk through the hardest, darkest days and trials, right? Yeah. And the truth is, as we know, we live in a blessed country. America Americans, we are blessed. We've been blessed with a lot more freedom than a lot of people experience. And so for some people, what we're experiencing right now as a country, mm-hmm. um, even though this is a global thing, right? And today's podcast is relevant to people no matter where you are. Yeah. The reality is that some people are actually experiencing their very first trials ever or conflict for the first time ever on a really intense scale. Because At least certain these things, kinds of conflicts yeah. where you're making a decision to wear a mask or not. Um, you're talking about if you're going to get vaccinated or not. Or, you know, you might be feeling this conviction to go to church church (laughs) or be more vocal about politics or to have an opinion about what you think is happening in a deeper level uh, globally, political, geopolitically, Mm -hmm. um, relationships between different countries and all of these different things. There's so many topics, even the topic of the election is a big deal right now, right? That can potentially cause conflict. There are so many issues just today that are right in our face all the time. Our actions speak louder than words. And so sometimes just by way of how we are, if we go to a a grocery store unmasked or depending on where you are, that could cause conflict, right? Um, Or if you are wearing a mask, I mean, literally there's just actions will cause conflict, words, conversations. So I think in the past it was a little easier for Christians to kind of, Um, you know, maybe not be of the world, but be in the world and kind of float in a way Mm -hmm. where they could be diplomatic and agreeable. Um, 
no matter what. I'm not saying we should be that way, but I'm saying it used to be easier to do that. Yeah. And now it's just not easy to do that. Well, I think that a lot of people are being challenged with what they believe for the first time. I mean, let's just face it. None of us know exactly what's going to hit us in three months from now, right? Yeah. And and the fact of how the fact of how fast COVID came on, right? And then all of a sudden shelter in place came on proves that. I don't think people necessarily all saw that coming months ahead of time or even a year. Right. People are starting 2020 and they're talking about their word of the year. Right. And so it's kind of fun to play it out how, you know, this A scenario could happen and this B scenario can happen. I'm not going to tell you my A and B. I think I did maybe in a previous episode, maybe five weeks ago. But um, but it's interesting to play that out and to see the connected dots and and look at what's happening and have Mm -hmm. a biblical perspective on things. So the thing that we want you guys to be evaluating right now is this concept of all of these different issues that are potentially happening right now in your world and that are affecting your relationships. How are you doing at handling disagreements with people in your life? Whether that be family or friends or coworkers or neighbors or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's what we're going to be focused on talking about. We're going to be diving into about, mm, I don't know, six, seven different scriptures um, to give you guys some encouragement. And we have an agenda of four main bullet points. So do you want to just hit what the agenda is Let's do it. We're going to, the first one is talking about you for a second, um, is being fully you new. And so we'll talk about that. And we'll challenge uh, us, you, everybody on this topic, mm-hmm. okay? Um, how to stand for truth in boldness and love. What is that balance? What does that look like? And it's hard for certain personalities more than others. <laughs> yeah. Importance of discernment and not having pride. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so important. I need to hear that one. Super important. I always, anytime the word pride is involved, that's something that's just a good refresher for me, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. It's super mm-hmm. important. What limits your freedom to be you? So interesting stuff, right? Yeah. So we're going to dive into a lot of stuff within that. Uh, before we dive in, we are so thankful you're part of the One Million Legacies movement. We just surpassed one million downloads. Woo-hoo! It was our two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary, million downloads. Uh, it's, I can't believe we hit that on our two-year anniversary. God is so like, good. That's it's, crazy. This is his ministry. He yeah, it's pretty told cool. told us to do it. In fact, very directly by closing mm-hmm. some serious doors. It was very challenging. Uh, we're going to write that uh, in the email that comes out. Actually, some of you, if you haven't already subscribed, might miss this email because it's going out uh, soon. Uh, but we're going to tell our story a little bit. Maybe we'll resend it later this mm-hmm. week because I think it's important. Everybody knows that, uh, for example, I don't know if you guys know this, but we didn't have a, uh, a mic. So a friend uh, gave us the mic because of something we just went through financially. Yeah. Uh, he loaned it to us and the equipment originally, and then we didn't have a table to put the mic on. So I went outside and I grabbed a log. It was a, a stump. A stump that well, was cut. Yeah. It was, yeah, a, cut it was stump, a cut stump. And I cleaned it off and I put it right here. It was actually because we didn't have money for a coffee table. We didn't have money for a little table, and that just stayed there yeah. for a long time. Look, looked kind of cool. But yeah. So we shot our podcast from our from the baby's room, which was like a den slash baby's room attached to our bedroom. And we did a Kickstarter campaign to raise mm-hmm. funds to, so we could live while we're trying to ramp up the ministry God's called us oh, to yeah. do. And it completely failed. And some people, 
some people would go. Some people would go. Well, wasn't that a sign? Maybe that that's not what you're supposed to do. Well, I think where too we are many now. people get hit challenges, and they think that's from God telling them not to do something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be true. I have found usually that's not true. Usually it's spiritual warfare, and yeah, it's a resistance. Because or it's just the not the way doesn't. he wants to do it. He wanted yeah. to do it um, by you know blessing him right away. First month. The podcast had 10,000 downloads in the very first You month. know, it's interesting thinking about that Kickstarter too. Like that was to provide for our family because we had no income coming in because our income was being withheld, yeah. right? Before we sold business stuff. Yeah. And, um, and because that was withheld, that was a huge motivation for a dream that we had ministry-wise that we were going to do, but we foresaw in the future, which was to create the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. Yeah. But there was more of an urgency so that we could continue doing ministry to get that done so that we could actually do ministry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, and so it pushed incredible. us to get it done faster. Man, we hustled. Like God late so into the we'll, night. We'll share more in that email, but yeah. uh, that's not what this episode is about. But we do thank True. you yeah. for your support. If you've shared something on social, if mm-hmm. you've listened, if you've written us a, a comment on iTunes or elsewhere, we read all of them. Uh, if you've given us a five-star review on mm-hmm. iTunes, that really helps the main engine. 84% of downloads come through iTunes. Mm-hmm. So that really helps it there. So we're just so thankful for all that. And if you've purchased any of our programs, the Homeschooling Blueprint, uh, the Friendship Course at Courageous Mom, to uh, the, the postpartum course, postpartum course yeah. to the parenting mentor program. Did you know? Oh, I gotta wait for the email. Maybe I'll just tell you. Over two thousand people took courses last That's year. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. This year that we're finishing right now, so mm-hmm. two thousand twenty. Uh, it's incredible, and, and we gave a ton of them away. I'll share those also, numbers yeah. in the email, but uh, we gave cool. a ton of them away. Right when COVID hit, we just started making things free for people that couldn't afford it. And people seriously took us up on it. Yeah. And we're so glad they did. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. The impact. So you're supporting the impact and people that mm-hmm. have given the donations, unbelievably important. We could not do it without that. So courageousparenting.com is where you can get show notes, all the free resources, workshops and things, the, the things you can mm-hmm. pay for as well. And, and even year-end donations. You can and, go there and, and there's a donate button. Year-end donations or donate anytime is so, so meaningful. So let's dive into this. Uh, let's kick okay. it off with 1 Corinthians 9. And we're going to cover 19 and onward. For though I am free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all. Wow. That says a lot right there mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. sense. We are to be servants to all if we're following after Paul. Let's be servants. That I might win the more. It's kind of poetic. Win the more for Christ. (laughs) And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without law. Not being without law toward God, but under law towards Christ. That I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now, this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be a partaker of it with you. Now, partnership. Partnership. Paul's not saying he does the saving. No. You have to know scripture to know that. And you would know that Paul doesn't believe that. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying there is that he is partnering with God. God is using him to share the gospel and God does the saving. And he's mm-hmm. he's planting all those seeds mm-hmm. and people are coming to the Lord and 
It's awesome. Yeah. And I love that the following scripture is the famous, infamous passage of running the race. Yes. Towards the prize. Because isn't that what we all kind of feel like we 2020 has been like a marathon? Yeah. <laughs> I think every year running. in our marriage has been a marathon. It, it has. I mean, this hasn't but been any been different. it's been so good. Yeah. I mean, 2020. We're definitely grown a lot. For us, it's been like, well, yeah, that's kind of like how we, our years go. Yeah. Really yep. good things and really hard things. Mm-hmm. So True. Um, we're kind of Makes experienced in that. Maybe you are too. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Mm-hmm. Mm, temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishing, perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. And so, servant, running the race well, doing all things mm-hmm. for the glory of God and to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I love that I th- this is one reason why I think it's so important to read um not just one verse. I know that a lot of times it's it's good when you're the expository preaching in sermons is so that's what we have always loved yeah. the most. That's one of the th- key things that we have either. If I ever give a sermon, that's what I always right, do. Right, so. right, yeah. Where you, um, re- you literally read a section of scripture. And then you go through you it teach, verse by verse. You teach it and you may bring yep. other verses in and you'll make it. Right. make it super interesting yeah. you know, is the goal. So it's good. Like even in these podcasts, you guys, these are not sermons by any means, but um, we definitely do bring in other scriptures that kind of um, either go with the a passage of scripture that we're talking about or whatever. And here we've covered a few verses. We've covered about five or six verses. But what is so important that I wanted to share with you guys is, you know, we could have easily just shared two or three up here and you could have gone, oh, okay, so Paul is maybe being a little bit of a chameleon here. He's going to be like this for these people. It's going to be like this for these people and weak for the, to win the week. But then, but then if you continue reading the word, he talks about a race and he ends it with that. I might not become disqualified. And that plays into what he was saying before about not being without the law towards God, but under the law toward Christ. So never never compromising, never compromising, never disobedient to what scripture says, never soft on matters of importance. Right. Right. He would never allow somebody to end a conversation with him, uh, believing something counter to the Bible. Now, why are we covering this? You guys might be going, okay, how does this have to do with handling conflict? Well, this is a big deal because when you're in conversation with other people, you want to be all things to all people in the sense of being able to have conversations with people who are different from you, people who might have different viewpoints than you. You want to be able to have those conversations, but never compromising Christ and what you really believe biblically. It's being what people need you to be so they can hear you. So you share the same message. You share the same truth. And it's in, in uncertain times, there's other things that we need to talk about sometimes too, right? All the things we mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. And you you have to discern that. And that's one of our points we'll get into in a little bit. But let's go into is being fully you new. Okay. This is really the only way to feel free is when you're allowed mm-hmm. to fully be, be yourself. You. Now, this isn't the new age um, stuff that says be be uh whatever your truth is is true or 
be the best you. No, it's more of the biblical God made you with a individual unique purposes, gifts, talents. He's, he's giving you spiritual gifts. Like you are you, right? Yeah. And you're here for a reason. That's part of God's plan. He put you in this generation. We've talked about this kind of stuff. These are all biblical concepts. But what's interesting is you brought up the new agey thing. And we wanted to make a very clear distinction there because we're seeing a lot of hypocrisy with some of the new age teaching. We are. Regarding that. By the way, whenever I go to the airport, I always go into the bookstore. I actually almost never buy anything. Uh, But I go in there to see all the book titles. I just want to see where culture's at. It's scary. And uh, there are a bunch of this, a bunch of this fluffy, yeah. uh, be the best version of yourself stuff, which I, I believe in a, uh, an element of that. If you're talking about what Angie just talked about, which is the biblical for Christ, not for of, yourself, you know, how you're wired, yeah. be yourself, that kind of thing. But being fully is is being fully you, new to the people around you. Meaning, has your Christianity been dormant? Have you been hiding all aspects of what your mm-hmm. convictions are? And now are you feeling propelled to stand for them because they're in front of all of us, believers and non-believers. People are sharing their deeper convictions and they're willing to do that even at the sacrifice of relationship at times. And there's rub. Mm -hmm. And so people might be discovering more of who you are. Right. This is an interesting conversation that I think that everybody needs to really evaluate. And you may end up having to evaluate relationships at the end of this. Okay. Um, we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but the reality is that when we hide, okay. So you, you said, are you hiding your Christianity? Well, it may not necessarily even be, um, your Christianity. It maybe you are, have been a closet conservative. Maybe you've been a closet Christian. I consider those things two separate things that can sometimes overlap. They should overlap in the sense that Christianity should always impact and impede on your convictions, regardless if they're political or educational or whatnot. Um, You've heard us talk about this concept of not compartmentalizing Jesus and how God's word speaks to every area of life. And that's what's really at stake here. Mm-hmm. When people are not willing to be um, be willing to speak boldly, confidently, courageously, if you will, about the why behind why they believe certain things, mm-hmm. there's a problem. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know a lot of Christians, for example, a lot of people who maybe they're talking about something that would be considered a political topic. Mm-hmm. But can I just say your political bent or your conviction should actually be inspired, motivated, and and molded by the word of God. Yeah. Therefore, it is a Christian issue. It just is. Mm-hmm. Because that's how we as Christians live our lives. We don't go, okay, God, you can have my Sundays. No, he is in everything, right? And as we talked about two episodes in the podcast God is the one who actually put in place the four different types of government, right? And so the self, family, civil, and church, right? So we need to realize that God is in all things. He created all things. Therefore, we need to be inspired to go, okay, so if I feel like a lot of people are going, I feel like this is wrong, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like I should have the right to choose if I'm going to be vaccinated or whatever, right? They'll they'll say that. Mm -hmm. And they're just going off of feelings, well, I just want to challenge you. There is more to this than just feelings. You should, as a believer, go, okay, so is that the spirit of God? Is that spiritual discernment that's telling me this doesn't feel right? 
Because if that's true and if it's biblical, there's going to be scripture that backs that up and you need to search for it. Because if you're in conversation with another believer, you need to be equipped to be able to have that conversation. And I just think it's important that you're aware of where you're at in relationship with other people and what they know of you and don't know of you. Because maybe you're just going along Mm -hmm. to get along and haven't really been sharing some of your convictions and now you feel propelled to. Maybe you share something on social media, you share uh, one of our posts, you share something in the news, you share these things and people are like, wait a minute. That's not what I think. You believe that? Wait a minute. You voted for this person or wait a minute. You think this? I thought I knew you. There may be a Mm -hmm. feeling in the other person of a little bit of betrayal Mm -hmm. would be too strong, but... Uh, uh, confusion wow, I, confusion maybe is a better yeah. word and and so i think we need to own that we need to recognize that it's we may have been hiding a little bit and the conservative view may be coming out of the closet in some new ways that people aren't aware of and i just think it's it helps us to have some grace perhaps mm-hmm. uh in understanding that and to navigate our relationships but i think that there's also an element too where maybe there are some people who are hiding but there are also people who just didn't know what they thought because they were never exposed to having to actually figure out what their conviction or their political view or their spiritual view was on a certain topic because it wasn't something that personally impacted their life and now it is for the first time so they're trying to navigate that yeah i know that for a lot of us we are all experiencing new things being imposed upon us yeah. And we're kind of going, okay, what's true? What's not true? You're trying to discern things. We're all trying to figure things out, right? So Angie, how would you suggest people evaluate their relationships? Well, I think that an evaluation of relationships comes down to one big truth. Are people still able to love you even if you disagree? Mm. I hope okay. so. Because that's what we as Christians should be able to do. We should be able to still have conversations and go, Hey, we just disagree on this. We can talk about it, but we're not going to like get personally offended. And hopefully the non-believers in your life, family, friends, and otherwise work. um, Otherwise what there is, is this like, can also do the same, hopefully. Right. Otherwise there's this, um, I can't be in relationship with you unless you're like me pressure. Yeah. Which there is a huge feeling of that. And some people may mistakenly take that from you also. Yeah. And so the reality is like when you actually have a relationship with someone and you know, like, okay, they have these super strong beliefs or convictions on something, but I also know them and I know that they still love me. Yeah. Or they still care about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you're able to have grace in that relationship and continue moving forward. And maybe your relationship has some boundaries. I don't know. Um, but you need to really evaluate and go, okay, so are these relationships helping me to be a better Christ follower mm-hmm. or are they challenging me to fall away from the Lord and to compromise? Like we were just talking about not compromising. Yeah. Am I feeling pressure to conform to worldly perspectives in order to be in this community of people? These are all questions that we need to be asking. And, and honestly, sadly enough, people need to be asking that about their church communities too, yeah. because there is a lot of lukewarm. I mean, obviously Paul talks about that in, in yeah. the end um, of the scriptures as well. And how he, he's talking to Lady Osea, I think it's in Revelations three or four, when he says, some of you are hot and some are cold, you know, and if you're lukewarm, I'd rather spit you out, right? Well, that's so, good. that goes right along with Matthew 5.13. But he said that you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? 
it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I know you've heard that scripture before, Mm -hmm. but this is right on there. We are to be salty. Mm -hmm. And so relationally connect, Mm -hmm. uh, be what people need us to be without compromising, Mm -hmm. but also sharing truth, standing for the things we believe in, Mm -hmm. but doing it in a loving manner, which is the next point is how to stand for truth in boldness and love. I think that, you know, in the love part of it, when we're talking about salt, one of the things that we've talked about a lot over the years is when you're cooking with salt, you mm-hmm. don't want to add too much. Otherwise, it becomes unpalatable. Anything that's way too salty, you just kind of like, oh, and you can't get that flavor out of your mouth, right? And so as believers, we definitely don't want to cake it on, right? It has to be seasoned. You seasoned know, means you know like I a learned? dash of this. When I started cooking, when I, took, when I started losing weight and all that stuff, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, I started learning how to cook. This is not too long ago, by the way. He was doing like a 90-day cleanse thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, I learned the power of salt. I, you're like, you were already 40 and you were learning. Yeah, well, <laughs> in cooking, you know, Angie usually did it. So, um, and I wasn't a big salt fan, but what I realized is if you got to put salt in as you're cooking. It makes a difference. If you put salt in only at the end, yeah. it doesn't season it the way. So we need to be salty as we're building relationship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all throughout, not well, not right. just hitting them. Okay, I'm going to dump salt on, on you right at the end. Right. And that's, the, that's what we're talking about as far as like, is being you something that's new? Like yeah. being fully you? Have you been hiding? I think that to continue that conversation... One aspect that I know has massively changed relationships, I know it's changed relationships for us in the last decade, has been social media. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times maybe you have a relationship with somebody and you think you know them, but then you see them share something on social media and you're confused and you go, I didn't know they believed that. That's really not like-minded to me. I'm so confused, Mm -hmm. right? And then, well, you can have conversations with them later about that in real life, which is super important to do. But the reality is, is if you, have not been sharing social media and like trying to be more of who you really truly are, you might get pushback from people if you haven't been fully you there. I know that I experienced that Mm -hmm. on my personal Facebook page just because I don't use my personal Facebook page very often. Mm -hmm. Um, I created the Courageous Mom Facebook page so I could be more fully me simply because that I knew that like-minded people would be going to a ministry page, whereas I had many people from my past that a lot of them weren't believers, Mm -hmm. you know? And so... Um, that is a good distinction right there. Right. And how, like, if you share something on social media and you're starting to be more of you sharing, people are going to go, Whoa, hold on a second. Right. And so you need to expect that don't stop by any means. You need to be fully who God's made you to be. Um, but expect that there's going to be a little bit of that happening at first. Yeah, totally true. And this is interesting in Acts 4, 8 through 13. Uh, Peter is filled with, okay, I'll just read it real quick. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to him, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, (laughs) it's kind of bold, Mm -hmm. whom you killed, (laughs) whom God raised from the dead, by him, by him the, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders. It's quoting previous scripture, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 
Now, the point isn't that mm -hmm. part, but I wanted you to hear that part before we go into this next part, uh, which should be encouraging to you. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that's who was just talking, Peter, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Now, what are they talking about right there? They're talking about they're not trained like the Pharisees. Like in biblical or in, biblical, in the Torah, in right? Religion, in the, yes, in and, religion. And these kinds of practices. things. These, these are not people that went to the equivalent of those days seminary. It wasn't called seminary then, but right. it was trained, training. Mm -hmm. Okay. And these things, and they marveled at it. And so I just, when you are bold and assertive and eloquent in your, not eloquent in your speech, but um, what is the word? Uh, concrete in your speech. Uh, but doing it in love and sharing the Bible mm -hmm. and you're not trained. That's when God can use you the most. God I mean, I really you. do believe that like, and that's a, such a huge encouragement. And we hope that you walk away feeling that today, that you don't have to have a Bible seminary degree to be able to biblically deduce why you have certain convictions on certain relevant topics of today. You literally can study scripture on your own and you can communicate that boldly to people in love and God can use you. You don't have to just depend on, oh, I'm just going to share this uh, yeah. sermon online with somebody yep. and hope that they listen to it. Because the reality is most people won't listen to it. Use right? your words. But yeah, just sharing like, look at this. They literally were marveling at it because they realized they weren't. There's power in that. So because the words come, come from untrained people, mm -hmm. because you share the Bible, you share truth, you share, you stand, you're bold. There's something when people are bold, it's attractive, actually, to all kinds of people. Wow, look at those people. They're so free. They say what they want. They mean what they say. They They're not afraid they to share the yeah. gospel. They're not afraid to share biblical truth. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish I was like that. Okay, well, why are you not like that? What is holding you back? And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor 
and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. But let's talk about boldness and love. Are we, when we're sharing and talking to people, our conviction about something, are we doing it in the flesh or are we doing it in the spirit? And I think that is the ultimate thermometer mm-hmm. of whether we do that well. Mm-hmm. Can you be bold in the spirit mm-hmm. and have it be received as love? Yes. Can you be bold in the flesh and have it be received in a loving way? Possibly, but usually probably not. I mean, I don't want to rule it out. You could be really gifted orator or something and good at showing love and sharing truth. And that might be true, but the spirit interceding for you. And it's not just how it impacts you when you're sharing something. It's how the spirit is impacting their heart. You see that? Let's include God. If we're going to have a hard conversation with somebody, let's pray beforehand and include the spirit. I know something really pivotal happened years back a decade ago when I was, I used to lead a bunch of leaders running physical office locations around two States and I would meet with them. And I used to have this big agenda written out and then I threw it. The spirit told me to throw away agendas, no longer have them and pray beforehand and meet with them. Mm -hmm. And the spirit would lead that conversation. Mm -hmm. A few were believers. Most of them weren't believers. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing what God would do. I would I would leave those meetings. I'm like, well, I had no idea we were going to talk about those things, but that is exactly what we we're supposed to talk about. You know, it's interesting because as we're talking about speaking with boldness and truth, okay, how to stand for truth and boldness and love. I think that the love part is why you speak the truth. It's because you love people so much and you believe what the Bible says, which is the truth will set you free, mm-hmm. right? Lies will put you in bondage. Mm-hmm. And when you love people, you don't want them living in bondage. You want them living in freedom, the freedom that truth in Christ can bring. And truly there's no peace, right? It, it, the Bible even says, as far as it is possible for you to live at peace with everyone, that doesn't mean don't talk about issues, that's not what that means. Peace, we we talk, We briefly mentioned this in one other podcast because we heard an amazing sermon on peacemakers. Um, but the reality is, is there's no true peace apart from reconciliation with God. And people cannot have reconciliation with God unless they are walking in truth. And walking in truth leads people to repentance, leads them to understand their need for a savior. That mm-hmm. is what we should desire for all people. That should be our motivation for And it's that love, understanding like they are lost and they are not going to have salvation in Christ until they repent, until they know him, until they hear the gospel. Like understanding, like, and this is obviously for people who are not walking with God. That's what I'm talking about right now, right? Like we, our heart's desire for standing up for truth always needs to be the based motivation always has to be the great commission mm-hmm. always needs to be about Christ about salvation about reconciliation about people being broken free from bondage living in lies broken free from that and living in truth and freedom and that's why we speak up with boldness that's why 
Yep. And so you, so let's take this to practical. Obviously that makes sense. Sharing the gospel, talking about the Bible, talking about Jesus, all these things in relationships. But Isaac, why, why do you share so much on your Insta stories about the political things and what's happening in the world and all these things? Because I see what's happening as being a detriment to the gospel. Right. I see what's happening, mm -hmm. harming, um, Christians and non-Christians too. Yeah. It's, it's harmful to how God made human beings. We're not being social. He made us social beings. Yeah. The great commission happens through relationship. When people are not practicing hospitality, for example, the relationships are not growing. People are not being exposed to God, the gospel. Yeah. Lived out. You're actually like, there's, there's so many quotes out there. I could, I mean, there's Corey Ten Boom, Jim Elliott, all these, um, patriarchs that were martyrs of the faith in, in, in some regards, right. Where they say your actions speak louder than words, but if people are not t together, yeah. seeing one another, seeing the actions, there's nothing being spoken. Yeah. So then people are left to just speak on social media or speak their mind through phone conversations or whatnot. And the truth, you have to be willing to speak yeah. boldness, yeah. right? Um, one verse that we wanted to share with you guys, you can go and read more of this. It's in Luke chapter six, verse 27 it says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Um, it continues, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. I mean, this is going to happen on social media. We experience it. So, so important to uh, how you respond to things. I think it's incredibly important. I'm not perfect at it, but I, on the social media thing, I try not to argue on social media. I will make a statement. I will share something. Uh, I'll be bold. Um, but then when the comments come in and, and people hate and things like that, um, a lot of times I'll like their post, even I'll hit the like button, even though I don't necessarily like what they said, but I just want them to feel my engagement. And sometimes I'll write, but a lot of times is I'll say something like, I respectfully disagree, best to you, or something like that. I'm mm -hmm. just not going to go into a hateful argument on that. Um, Especially with people that you don't have in real life relationships with. Yeah. Um, who, I mean, you don't know if it's someone that the enemy is using actually to just try to catch you up in your words or whatnot. Sure. And that can happen sometimes too, where there, there are trolls that are out there. I just have to say that. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you are sharing on social media, th there's a few tips or etiquette, if you will, for how to handle conflict on social media. One is like Isaac said, to, to, to wait, discern, right? The, the Pray. Other, and the other thing is, uh, I usually wait quite a while before I do anything mm -hmm. on social media because it's better if someone else defends you than you defending yourself anyways. Yeah. And so I wait for people like you, uh, to say something. Mm -hmm. And if I see yours, I'll, you know, defend you. you up. Yeah. So I think that that is beautiful when the body of Christ is backing each other up, but not in a hateful way, but in a way mm -hmm. of backing up, uh, truth and, and what's right. going on. Yeah. So, you know, wait, pray for timing, pray for the other person, pray for your words. That That's obviously, if you're praying for those three things, that's a period of time where you're waiting before you respond. And then pray for your enemies. Mm -hmm. Um, this is great. <laughs> a friend on Facebook just shared this, Tracy, and I wanted to um, share it with you guys. Winston Churchill quote, which I think is super relevant to this. You have enemies? Good. It means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. <laughs> that's so interesting. I, uh, I think that um, that's a good thing to be retrospective on. 
Um, should we have enemies? I don't think we should on purpose have enemies, but the God does address enemies, love your enemies. So that's just kind of assuming we're going to have enemies. And yeah. I will say that we've had enemies. Yeah. We have, we've had people literally praying against us. We've had people, um, cultish people that ha- hating have done on us. witchcraft, <laughs> all kinds, all kinds of things. And yeah. you know what? We just have, uh, we pray for them. We, pr- we pray for people mm-hmm. that, and what, it, what's amazing is activating God, but it also is preserving our heart, our heart posture mm-hmm. and not letting it control us. Yeah. Because when you pray, you can't, you can't, um, have evil thoughts and be praying for somebody. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So it's healing to you too when you pray mm-hmm. for your enemies and it's activating God on them. And what is the purpose anyways, is that people would know mm-hmm. the truth it is. about and God. I know that I just received a hateful message. It was actually a death threat on uh, Instagram message this morning, actually. I, I haven't heard that yeah. one yet. And so um, it, I screenshotted it and then I reported it, the chat message. Um, but immediately I prayed for them because I thought the first thought that came to me is how dark is their life that they would want to curse a family the way that they curse our family in their message to me. And that is a, that isn't, yes, it's an evil place where they're at. We know where their salvation is at this current moment based upon obviously what they shared. Um, and so, and, and sometimes you're not aware of that, right? right? Sometimes there's friendly fire, but the reality is, is I was led to a heart of compassion for them, realizing the, the massive bondage that that person was in and just prayed for them and their salvation and that they would be freed from the bondage of hate because they just have so much hate in them. And that truthfully, like there's a lot of that going around right now. Mm. Um, while people are growing in the Lord and being challenged more than ever in their beliefs and convictions about things, which hopefully it's leading believers to the word of God Mm -hmm. and to seek wise counsel. There's also evil rising and people being um, deceived and being led astray. And that's another reason why it's so important to speak boldly in love, because there are a lot of weaker Christians, Mm -hmm. people maybe who just say that they were a Christian. Um, and they aren't saved yet, or maybe they thought they were saved when they were little because they grew up in a Christian home. You know the narrative. And then maybe they're being deceived, mm. whether that's by friends, community, or media. Um, if we don't share boldly, then those people might not ever be exposed to truth. Amen. And there's it, it, God says there will be a cost to your boldness. But that's not a reason to shy away. Uh, if you know something is right to do uh, and you don't do it, it's kind of already, you've already missed the point. You've already lost and, and really uh, someone else has lost and maybe lost to that seed to be planted they needed. Okay, so in First Peter 4, 7 through 8, it says, But the end of all things is at hand, okay? Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. We need to be serious and watchful in our prayers. Wow. And above all things, have fervent love. For one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins, and that goes on to being hospitable and so forth. And so, you might have family members where there's challenges, mm-hmm. especially raising kids. If you're a courageous parent, which you are, and we're in uncertain times, that is true. You're gonna have some family dynamics that are hard, probably. And when you're, you know, setting some boundaries about 
you know, what people can do or when they can be around your kids and how and all these things, you're going to have to talk about things or the political conversations or masks or not masks or, you know, what's I mean, going there's on. There's so many decisions, all whether you're family. public schooling or not schooling. I mean, there's just so many conversations that people are having with family members right now. Let's have fervent love yeah. for one another. But that doesn't mean we sacrifice the safety of our kids. It doesn't mean we compromise the truth that we know God has spoken to our hearts on and our minds on and given us wisdom in. It doesn't mean you don't protect your family. Mm-mm. No, so. you still stand your ground and you can explain things to people. Now, I, th- I think that one important bullet point on s- how to stand for truth and with boldness and love is that you need to first evaluate who you're talking to, who is your audience, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you speaking to believers or non-believers? Because you're not going to talk to them the same way. If you're speaking to a believer, it's important to stay as scriptural as possible because the reality is people are not, if they're a Christian, they're not going to mm-hmm. argue with scripture. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus always used scripture, used scripture when he was answering questions that people had for them, even what the devil had for him when he was being tempted by the devil, he answered him with the word of God. Man does not live on bread alone. And we need to do what Jesus did as much as is possible. Right. And so being in the word, like I cannot urge you guys enough to be in the word as much as possible so that you actually can have answers for people. Absolutely. In uh, second Timothy one, six through seven or eight, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Mm-hmm. Share with me in the sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the time began. And it goes on. You cannot do this if you're walking in the flesh. Mm-hmm. We're operating in the mm-hmm. flesh in the moment. You need to operate in the spirit, spirit of God to dwell on you. We have friends in Australia. We have friends in Canada. We're getting messages, people in Europe, uh, mm-hmm. all over the world of oppression on the church, lockdowns, couldn't meet with anybody for Christmas at all. Um, all of these things, people dying of suicide. And uh, I think they said euthanasia is way up and uh, all of these things. And our heart breaks for you. We're praying for everybody around the world. Let's pray mm-hmm. for all of us, each other. And, um, it, it's tough times, but, um, we got to do what we got to do. We got to still meet for church. We've got to still worship God. Mm-hmm. We got to still be around people to be able to share the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. we, we can't stop doing that. Right. So we talked about is being fully you a new thing. We talked about how to stand for truth and boldness and love. We had a bunch of scriptures for you guys. Um, but next we want to talk about the importance of discernment and no pride. Um, and I think we'll kick this, this portion of it off by just bringing up the conversation of perspective. Mm. Okay. Cause this is one of the things that for me, I always, it's not even just in conflict. It's not even in relationships. I'm Mm. always challenging myself with my perspective, 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 perspective. Um, what is eternal, right? The importance of discernment. What is eternal? That is a huge question that you need to talk about, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're in an argument with somebody, let's say you're talking about masks, for example. Okay. And you're, you have two different viewpoints. You need to discern is this mask issue, an eternal issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so from the surface, you may say, well, of course it's not an eternal issue. Right. And you could even go to Romans 14, read the whole chapter together. Mm -hmm. 
talk about how people to one man, something is sin to another. It's not, not to judge one another in that and to go, okay, listen, we have different beliefs. We talked about this last night. We might have different standing points on the science behind masks, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And therefore come to different conclusions on our convictions, right? Yeah. One person might think, oh, I'm keeping other people safe from my germs and I'm not being exposed to other people's germs, whereas somebody else might go, but what's more important is how I actually feel when I'm wearing a mask and I get dizzy. It's bad for my health. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm going to vomit, these things, right? So there's different health, even sciences behind them. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot yeah. of articles on both, right? And so mm-hmm. you could sit there and you could literally argue that out all day long mm-hmm. and still come to the same conclusions, both of you and go, we're never going to agree. Yeah. Right. But this one issue has, there's actually a deeper issue that Christians need to think about, which is, have I made an idol out of wearing a mask Mm -hmm. or out of not wearing a mask? It's kind of like the chapter I have in Redeeming Childbirth. Have I made an idol out of having a natural natural birth or have I made an idol out of an epidural to save me from pain, Mm -hmm. right? We need to evaluate the intentions in our hearts behind why we're doing those things because that's what God calls us to in all things. And so- if you're sitting with a Christian and you're debating and dis- disagreeing on masks, mm-hmm. you can easily go, okay, but are you making an idol out of masks thinking that you're saving yourself and you're you're putting your faith and your hope in a mask? Mm-hmm. Because that's a bigger biblical issue, right? And so you need to ask yourself, okay, what's the eternal question? Do we actually have any place of point of agreement? Oh, you don't believe that. Okay, so we do find something that we can agree on and come to a conclusion on that's biblical. Masks don't save us, right? Yeah. And so um, having perspective is a big deal. Here's a scripture that I want to share with you guys. It's in 1 John, so towards the end of the New Testament. Chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. Mm-hmm. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them or in him for all that is in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but as of the world, Mm -hmm. we're talking about the importance of discernment and having no pride guys. You cannot witness to people if there's pride in you, right? Because that is not of the father. It's of the world Mm -hmm. and the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And then it continues. It says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they may might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. And then it just continues on. You guys, this is a really important passage of scripture because this gives us perspective on the things of the world, the the wisdom mm-hmm. of the world, if you will, which requires discernment today. Discernment's so important. It's judging well. And again, mm-hmm. we can't have good discernment unless we're indwelt with the mm-hmm. spirit. And um, discernment will often cause you to do things counterintuitively in a conversation, for example. 
what you would normally do, you may not do this time because discernment is telling you to do something different. And I think we need to listen to the Spirit and discern what we're to do and sometimes be obedient even if we don't know the why or not sure how it's going to work out, even if it's mm -hmm. different than our normal response. I find sometimes the, the, the strangest ways I respond end up being the most fruitful. And it's because those are the times when the Spirit's telling me to do something. Sometimes it's to do nothing and to wait. Sometimes it's to be bold and do something immediately and no one else is doing anything around me. And sometimes it's to ask questions um, and to really suspend what I think, mm. to not make judgment at all and just ask questions for a while. Mm. And I'm usually super surprised at how, how different um, uh, things are actually with that person mm -hmm. than maybe what they're projecting. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so important because Paul, I, I, I kind of envision Paul doing this. I envision him being a great question asker mm -hmm. uh, in, in conjunction with a great preacher in mm -hmm. sharing the truth. I envision him being great at analogies and sharing stories with people that relate to where they're at and then bringing it to some conclusion and challenging them with a question. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to become better at mm -hmm. having the Holy Spirit control us and not just being ourselves completely without the Spirit, if you know what I mean, in the flesh, mm -hmm. just a knee-jerk response to something, getting hurt, our ego gets hurt, and so then we get prideful, and then we respond mm -hmm. even heavier-handed than they did. These kinds of things are not godly, and they don't contribute to them knowing God. They just they just might go, oh, there's look at that Christian hypocrite. Look at that Christian getting angry hypocrite. Because a lot of people know what the Bible says, or at least parts of the Bible. And a lot of them get it wrong, right? <laughs> like, you know, is it okay for a Christian to get angry sometimes? Yes. <laughs> See, but non-Christians don't know that. They also think that Christians aren't to judge, which we aren't to judge outside the church. We do discern, right, between what's safe and what's not safe. And we, you know, but when it comes to judging, we are to judge within the church. And we're to pick our battles, uh, which that's why you know, Jesus says mm -hmm. we have to dust off our feet sometimes and move on. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes we don't continue the dialogue. We need to know when to stop. Mm -hmm. And you know when to put up barriers, uh, mm -hmm. boundaries, and uh, on some relationships. And that's just going to happen. And unfortunately, yeah. that's case. Another scripture that comes to mind, which would be an encouragement, would be to look up um, the scripture that, that we're, we're warned as believers not to cast our pearls before swine. And I think that that's an important one in regards to conversations. Like you have to evaluate. We've talked about this before. You have to evaluate your relationships. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to an unbeliever? Are you talking to someone who hates Christianity and you're sharing scripture with them? You're literally throwing pearls before swine in some regards. Now you might go, oh, but Angie, that's evangelism. Well, it can be, but for some people, that's, it's not it. That's why it requires spiritual discernment. Are you just going to make them more angry by spewing off scripture and pushing them farther away from Christ by going that approach versus a loving approach and letting them see Christ through your actions. And so th there's, there's so many things that you need to evaluate and it's not cookie cutter, but you have to evaluate, you have to judge, you have to discern. And so I just want to 
bring this up because so many people misunderstand that those passages of scripture, like Romans 14, where it says, why are you judging each other and stumbling block and all this, you know, and, and yes, that's an important scripture on things that are not eternal. But when it comes to things that are eternal, we don't condemn someone to salvation mm-hmm. or not. We, we don't have the power to save Jesus. Thank goodness. He is the one that is on the throne advocating for all of us, because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That is his job to do the judging. How and But that's the eternal judgment. We still have to judge. We have to evaluate. Who am I talking to? How can I best be Jesus to them? How can I set them free from the lies, from the bondage? How do I deal with an antichrist? I just read yeah. a scripture about how there are many antichrists, people who are anti-Christ, who are anti-truth who are for lies, who are deceived by lies. You guys, we have to discern and evaluate how we communicate with these people because we love them and we want them to be saved. Now in uh, 1 John uh, 2, 15 through 18, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, mm-hmm. is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides for ever. So how have you maybe been too much in the world? One of the great things about 2020, there are wonderful things about 2020. And one of them is Christians waking up, being more bold, being more loving, sharing more truth. And I think that the wake up was 2020 and 2021 is the action. And so I Mm -hmm. hope that you receive that as a challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, And we're starting to see that. And it's so exciting. What an exhilarating time. What a fascinating time for your kids. And I hope you're sharing the goodness Mm -hmm. of 2020 uh, as well as the challenges Mm -hmm. with your kids Mm -hmm. as you're navigating. So let's talk about what limits your freedom to be you. Is it work? Maybe it's pressure to provide, which is the work, right? Right. Fear fear of not providing if you are fully yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's friendships, whether it's online or in real life. Maybe, you know, I remember in the 2016 election, there were people that went to church with people that they thought were like-minded and then they realized, whoa, wait a minute. Why are we voting so differently? I thought that you believed the same or as me. Or different opinions on abortions. And that's really right, stark right, right. contrast to you. It's like, whoa. Right. I mean, there's so many issues that you could pull out of a hat and go, wait, what, what, what? You believe this? And going, I don't know if we're as like-minded, biblically speaking. And so I, I just want you to realize, like, that could be impressing upon you a fear to actually be fully who you are. And that is not from God. That is from the enemy. What God wants is for you to be broken free from that bondage of not speaking the truth that you know from the word of God. But he also wants the people in your life that are being deceived to be broken free from the lies that they are believing that lead to death. And so but it, sometimes it starts with us yeah, as amen. believers being willing to go, oh, I need to repent. I need to apologize to God and it, go, I haven't been willing. I've been fearful of losing friends, of family hating me, mm-hmm. of losing my job, whatever. How good are those friendships if you actually lose them because you believe in biblical truth? And if it's family, you fear uh, of losing love of family. Um, you're sacrificing potentially the strength of your kids being raised by you. Of your legacy. Of your yeah. legacy because you're fearing 
uh, the love of other family members. And so I think you should test that in love. You should, you should, you should be fully you and, but do it with discernment. And maybe you have an older kid mm -hmm. that's, uh, getting won over by the world and the pressuring you and changing your adjusting your doctrine and things like that. Mm -hmm. We can't do that. No. Right. So we got to love on our kids and, and uh, pray for them. But God first. Them. It's always God, God first. first. You guys. And, uh, maybe your community around you, maybe you go to a church that's seeker friendly or that, uh, but not really disciple making and not standing for truth. And there's a lot of people that are nominal believers around you. Maybe you have a small group where there's a lot of nominal believers and you can't even be truly you there. Well, then what yeah. are you doing? Either you need to uh, be in a, an answer to that group, or uh, if that doesn't work, you probably need to find another group. I would say even you know another thing that for a lot of people, especially in the Western states right now, their neighbors might yeah. be holding them back from being fully who they are. And what I mean is that with these spy lines that they yeah. have set the up COVID to like, lines. oh, turn your neighbors in. If they're having people over, if they're practicing hospitality, turn them in and we'll find them. Next, like, it'll be like, if you find out someone's not vaccinated, turn them in. Right. I mean, this is the kind of trajectory. You have to look at the trend. You have to look at the trajectory. You have to understand what's going on and see where things could go and and we have to act before it gets too I, I tyrannical. Mean, it happens in stores, right? Like, okay, so let's just take ourselves back to last January for a second. No one saw a shelter in place happening. But then when the shelter in place was happening, did you expect that you would still be forced to be wearing masks a year later? Well, it's a year weeks. later. Okay, now, did you ever expect that people would be so fanatical about it that they would tattletale on unmasked people in grocery stores to go get them kicked out of the store? Did you ever Because that happens all the time. Did you ever think that people could go into a grocery store and walk around, walk beside each other, hold an apple, put it back down, someone else picks up the same apple, their germs are everywhere, but... In restaurants, you have to, you know, shut down half of your tables and and hardly be open and not walk near each other and. Way and more colleges aren't going to serve any fruit anymore. Yeah. Because somebody could pick up an orange and put it back. Or down. colleges are closing down. Uh, what was yeah. it Wheaton? What school? There's many schools that are closed down right now, and many more that probably will close down. Never, I mean, we're hitting never open winter. Again. Probably. Yeah. And so, you guys, there's so many. Did you ever think that there would be government? provided spy hotlines to turn in people for having people over in their homes on, in America. On Thanksgiving. Like, around, like I, I, I don't world. think that anybody thought that when the shelter in place was happening. Or our friends in Australia can't even fly, as I heard, unless uh, they have you know tested negative or something like that. Or, or they have a vaccination, or actually. Or vaccination is, yeah. is, I think, what it is. And so there's just so many things like, you know, people are just taking this stuff. But we forget where we were at months before and not anticipating where we're at now. We're just taking it. Well, look... What's going to happen in four months? What do you think is going to happen in four months? And are you okay with it now? So how about the media? You know, uh, how about non, you know, non-Christians, you know, are they limiting your freedom because you're worried about what they're going to think the non-Christians around you? Uh, how about governing authorities? Are you acting a certain way just because of fear of the governing authorities? We have no fear of the governing authorities mm -mm. because we live well, we do well, we parent well, we, you know, but we're not going to live in fear. Any decision made in fear is most likely going to be a bad decision. We're not to fear. God says to fear him only. And so do you fear? What do you fear? What is giving you anxiety? Anxiety is fear. 
And so you have to think about that. Now, it's okay. I've said this before. Sometimes we get fearful. All of us do. I do. I have anxiety sometimes. It comes in and then I know it's true. I go, okay, what's true? And then take those thoughts captive. Take those thoughts captive and turn it into faith. Go, no, I trust God. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to not do what's right, even though there could be a cost because I trust God. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to go, okay, this fear is here because this is a realistic thing that's happening. We need to not just shove it down and ignore it. We need to literally look at it and we need to proactively take action. And so Mm -hmm. there's, but every, every, every situation is different and it requires us being proactive about evaluating. So ultimately you guys, we just want to challenge you with a few things. We want to encourage you to be in prayer for all of your relationships. We want to encourage you to be who God made you to be, not for yourself, not even for your relationships, but because God placed you in this generation for a purpose. We want you to evaluate your relationships. Do they actually encourage you to be more of who God wants you to be? Or do they hold you back? Do they stifle your spiritual growth? Do they prevent you from utilizing your spiritual gifts? And what do you want your kids to see you doing? Because they're going to probably do the same. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.